Welcome to the Chronically Courageous Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Howard. Since I was a child, I've had chronic pain, yet was told time and time again that it was all in my head. So I pushed through my symptoms and I built a successful career until I found myself crouched on the floor of my office, barely conscious. After finally getting a diagnosis, I had to learn how to embrace the life I've been given as fully and happily as possible. Now, it's my mission to help you do the same. Join my guests and I each week for inspiring stories and tips on navigating the complexities of chronic illness. Together, I believe we can move forward with courage, passion, and purpose. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to The Chronically Courageous. Today, I have with me Paula Kid Casey. She is known as the lawyer of attraction and has been practicing family law, has been a practicing family law attorney for over 40 years and was one of the first women in the Midwest to open a private law firm. Like many driven entrepreneurs, Paula spent years pursuing money and success at the expense of her health and peace of mind. After realizing her professional life was not bringing her joy and fulfillment, she spent years trying to define her passion and then searching for ways to achieve it. Thousands of hours of study later, she discovered a life-changing theory, the natural laws of the universe. Today, she lives her passion based on these magical yet scientifically proven concepts. Paula is a sought-after speaker and consultant for successful professionals, individuals searching for more joy, and everyone who might be seeking greater balance, happiness, and peace in their lives, but most importantly, who are seeking a path to realize their own passion and reigniting the magic. Welcome, Paula, to the show. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you so much for the invitation and for allowing me to be here today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. So, Paula, if we could get started by talking about you had this this long, successful career as an attorney, and um, and then you decided to leave that. Can we talk about kind of that that journey and what led you oh, to that decision? I would love to. I would love to because we're all on a journey, right? And and I think when people see other people that have gone through the journey and they're kind of I don't know if we're on the other side yet, but we're 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 definitely you know in a, in a good place. So. Uh, I'm from a small town. I was the first person in my family to get a high, to get a college degree. And wow. I put myself through college and then I decided to go to law school. I put myself through law school and within a couple of years, I'd opened my own practice, which is, was unusual for a young person, but very unusual for a woman. Because when I graduated from law school in 1979, there were like 26 other women who had graduated prior to me in the hundred years prior <laughs> to me in that law school. But I was never really a, um, I was an individualist, right? No one ever told me there was a glass ceiling. Nobody ever right. told me I couldn't do it because I was a woman. And so just get out of my way, I'll do it. Love it. Uh, and, and so I was very blessed there. I didn't have the, the conditioning or the paradigms that somehow I was stopped from doing something. And so I had my own uh, practice with some, uh, another woman, and then we had eight other attorneys. We, we increased our practice and had one of the, the biggest family law firms in Kansas and oh. did a wonderful job. But I remember about 20 years into it, and probably 1999, 2000, my mom died in like 2000. And I remember kind mm. of sitting in my home office going, you know, is this all there is? And knowing that, although you're so driven when you're in your 20s to go after a career, right? We have to be. And right. I, you know, I had three jobs in law school and I knew this was what I wanted to do. And I'm a fighter, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a champion. I, you bring your case to me and, and I will fight for you. But, you know, I, so you, you, you spend so much time making this career and then you get to a point you're going, is this really what I wanted to do? So in the late 1990s, 1999, 2000, I remember questioning that. But I had two kids. Um, I was making a lot of money. We had a lot of expenses. And it was it's very difficult to figure out how to transition from one career to another career. But I remember the, the seeds were planted like, uh, you know, what, 20, 21 years ago. And I remember not paying attention, right? Be something that would happen and there'd be a glimmer and I go, 
oh my God, there's something bigger. There's something more. And I will tell you back then, we didn't call it the law of attraction. Right. Uh, we didn't, I didn't know the natural laws of the universe. I had read the Celestine prophecy in the 1990s and I had read all of Neil Donald Walsh's um, conversations with God, but I don't remember any other books. There wasn't like podcasts like we have, there wasn't seminars we could go to. Uh, There were books to read. And so I remember reading these and there'd be these glimmers of, oh my God, I remember something because, you know, you and I don't really teach anything. We help people remember, right? Everything's inside of us. We just have to remember that the healing is inside of us. The answer's inside of us but I didn't even know what questions to ask. So from probably 2000 and 2000 to 2005, I knew there was something more. I was yearning for something more. I felt homesick. I didn't even know Mm. what I felt homesick for. I had a a loving husband and two wonderful kids and lived in a great area of town. And, and, you know, my daughter was going to a very expensive school in San San Diego and (laughs) My son was in a private school and, you know, there's so much that you have to do to make the money, to make sure you're paying the bills. And, and you, you don't even question. I, I remember every now and then there was this, I would almost kind of trail off going, I know there's something more I'm supposed to do. And I would quell shit because I had n- no idea how to figure that out. And here's the deal. We can't figure it out from our reality, right? Where we are now, because all we're doing is just going over and over the same set of facts we always have. So I was not listening to that still small voice. I kept hearing it and it was knocking and until it just like started screeching at me. Right. And, and one day I'm literally sitting in my home office and um, my husband doesn't like me to tell this story, but I don't care. I'm gonna tell it anyway. It's okay. Yeah. So I'm sitting in my home office. Super Bowl was on. I don't particularly like football. <laughs> and I was mad at my husband for some reason at that point in time. So I didn't particularly like him. And and I remember being agitated, right? But it wasn't any different than any other day. And then all of a sudden, I thought I was having a heart attack, like huh. pain erupts from my chest. I can't catch my breath. My, my, you know, my um, heart is pounding. I can hardly talk. And I yell at him. I said, honey, I think I'm having a heart attack. Oh and he yells gosh. back at me. Can you wait until halftime? <laughs> oh, no. Well, he oh didn't think God. I was serious. I know. I know. <laughs> right, 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 right. I, but anyway, so not waiting until halftime. You know, he runs into the emergency room. And like six months later, after every, you know, conceivable test that they could do, they finally said, you know, there's nothing physically wrong with you. You're having panic <laughs> attacks. And I would not accept that because that to me, that was like weak, right? That I wasn't able to control my my thoughts and my emotions. And I wasn't right. I didn't even know that there were options. I thought clenching my teeth and, you know, and, and clenching my fists is how I was going to control it. So I started and remember back then we couldn't Google stuff, right? There wasn't, I mean, (laughs) Al Gore had not invented the internet yet. So I know there was, I know there was an internet, but you know, there, there wasn't what we have now. And so I remember trying to do some research and I found cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a wonderful therapy and psychology. Right. And I, Mm -hmm. and I ordered the CDs. This is, (laughs) this is back when we had CDs and that's okay. I I was back there too. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And there were like 12 of them. And so every day you were supposed to listen to new one. And so I put them in my CD player and I'm listening to them. I find myself I'm cross-examining the people on the CD. Like I'm going, I object. You know, you, you do not have a foundation of being an expert. You have not been qualified as an expert witness. I'm arguing so with the CD, right? <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I know, I know. And so I thought, okay, this is not working, right? So I, w- I, was, I wasn't ready yet. I wasn't open yet, but it, it yeah. opened a... It opened a crack. And here's what I would like everybody to know. That is what happens. We very rarely go to zero to 60 miles an hour, you know, like in four seconds, but we open a crack and there was something in there about meditation, which I had, maybe I had read about, but really had not done. Mm -hmm. And it is such a simple answer and people fight it. Don't you find that they fight? Oh, I did for years. I I did too, you know, meditation. But I remember like maybe for, um, um, five minutes one day. And, and here's what I remember. I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to have my mind be like a radar screen, like, you know, uh, out at the airports, like, you know, that they're watching the planes land. And so I would start at the top and it would be like a sweep and I would sweep around my brain and wherever it hit, it was going to be quiet. 
Mm. And I, I did that with breaths in and breaths out. There were no meditation books that I knew of, right? I couldn't, right. I just had kind of found some stuff. And I just remember the first sweep of that uh, radar arm. It was like, that's the first time in my life my brain has been quiet, mm. right? Wow. I felt like I was on something. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a child of the 60s and the 70s. So I kind of remember when you're on something. <laughs> you know something. what it's like to be on something, right? <laughs> I, I just remember, oh my God, what did I take? I'm kind of lying like this high. Mm-hmm. It was nothing I had planned. And here's what I love. I've never been able to plan the next breakthrough, right? Mm. I just take the steps that I can take in the moment. And then somehow the next breakthrough comes. So when I started meditating, and I mean, it was like three minutes at a time, four minutes at a time, but I kind of learned how to quiet my mind. I started seeing glimmers, Mm. right? And I started seeing that there was a bigger picture. I couldn't figure it out from my current reality because my current reality was only what I saw with my five physical senses. Right. But when I quieted my mind, I could, I could, uh, attach to a bigger, a bigger spirituality. Now I was brought up, you know, in the Christian church, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many churches I've gone to. So I'm, I was very religious, right? I was very, I was taught that you go to school to church and to Sunday school, and that's where you found Jesus and God. And, and uh, I've been baptized twice. And it was like, both times I went, it doesn't take. <laughs> okay, so how that it's not working. And it's not working because it's a spiritual thing, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a physical thing. It was that we had to learn to get on it. And I teach frequency and I teach energy and I teach I teach quantum physics now. But mm-hmm. back then I didn't know that's what it was called. Right. So I started trying my meditation books. Because uh, I realized that was the first time I got any relief from these anxiety attacks. And if anybody hmm. out there has had anxiety attacks, I am so sorry because you feel like you're dying. I mean, it you does. really do. Have you had him, Bonnie? Well, so I, I actually did get diagnosed with a, a physiological reason for what felt like an anxiety attack. Uh-huh. And it, it may have been a combination, but I have a, um, I was diagnosed with it. I don't even like to say I have because I'm kind of like, I'm moving past that. I'm moving past that. Yes. I'm healing from, um, one of my diagnoses was a neurological condition called dysautonomia where the autonomic nervous system, which controls all the things we take for granted, like breathing and heart rate and blood pressure, um, digestion, all of those things, it kind of goes haywire. So I would, you know, I'd be like in my office or something. And all of a sudden I just, I felt like I couldn't breathe and I would get, you know, my heart palpitations and just, like I wanted to jump out of my own body. Yes. It's like that feeling you just want to like run away from yourself and, and yes. you just, you want to escape and you can't get anywhere. And it's, yes. it's terrifying. It's a terror. So I understand that feeling very yes. well. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and, and it is a horrible feeling because you want to run away from yourself, but here's what I figured. It's a metaphor, right? Yeah. Because I was really trying to run away from myself. Yes. Right. I mean, there's a real metaphor there. And it That's was a good like, point. it is. And because I was not paying attention to that still small boy voice. And I mean, yeah. for years and years, yeah. right. It had to get my attention. Many <laughs> times that's how it goes. On, I don't <laughs> no, know you... if I can cuss on your show, but <laughs> go for it. Let it rip. <laughs> I said, what the fuck are you doing? You know, I mean, and, and so, uh, it, so I started saying, okay, I, I, I see that there is some relief because like, I didn't want to go into the courtroom. I didn't want to get on a plane Ugh. because I had no idea if I can control this feeling. And from somebody that was extremely strong and bossy and, and, you know, I, I could control and I could command mm-hmm. the courtroom. Right. I mean, I, I could the other attorney, I could the judge and if there's any judges, but I mean, when I got up there, they paid attention and I, it was so scary thinking I, I wouldn't, I would be out of control. And here's oh what gosh. I think is a great metaphor is we really are out of control, right? Yeah. That when we try to control so much, um, it doesn't work and we have to l- surrender. And, and I hate that. I used to hate the word surrender. Yes. Me too. Because it meant to me, it meant I wasn't winning, right? I, it mm-hmm. was, um, it was a failure and right. I would never surrender, man. I, I, you know, I had my sword ablazing and I would never surrender. And I got to the point, I understood that surrender just meant surrender my, my physical control of what's going on to a higher level, to my higher being. Mm-hmm. And I realized because 
in religion, you're taught there's something outside of you that you have to please, right? Right. That you have to make sure the church, you're doing what the church tells you to, you're doing all these things. And when you realize it's inside and it's this higher being inside, I can surrender to my higher being and to source. Yes. It was not surrendering to something outside. So I would start, I started thinking, okay, so how do I, how do I find out more about this stuff? And I would go into Barnes and Noble and I would go to the alternative section. And if you're as old as I am, I mean, it was in the back of the store. It was all, were all the crazy my favorite section. That's my yeah, favorite you know, section. Really, was, section. Really, it was where the witches and the occult and you kind of had to put your sunglasses on and, you know, put your coat lapels up so nobody would see you. And I always said there was a Barnes and Noble angel because mm. I would go in and literally I would find the exact, I'm not even sure what I'm looking for. Right. But I would yeah. find the exact book that was the next level of my journey. Mm. And I started realizing how important it was just to go in with an idea, right? With a, a want, the, the desire that this is what I needed and just kind of surrender and pay, do the, find the next thing. So, you know, I found The Power of Now, you know, yes. by Eckhart Tolle, and I love him. It really uh -huh. helped me understand how important the present moment is. And then there was the Deepak Chopras and, um, you know, the Marianne Williams and the Wayne Dyers. And, yes. and you know, I kind of went through them all and and um, found Mike Dooley. I don't know if you know who Mike Dooley is, but he yes. writes us in the universe. And so that took like six years. And so I just want everybody to understand that it doesn't have to take you years and years. If you can find a mentor, right? If you can work with me or work with Bonnie, we've got a roadmap on how you're going to be able to get there much quicker than just like this pinball machine on, you know, am I going to go this way? And I'm going to go that way. So yeah. I loved that. I would always go into the bookstore and I would find the next book that I met was meant to read. And one day I went in and I'm going down the rows to get to the crazy <laughs> part of the, the Barnes and that's Noble. That's a good part. section. That's not the crazy I, I section. Know, that's I the great, it. just, the best know, section. And now it's much closer to the front and it's much bigger and they've got a lot more things in it. But oh, yeah. I, I was going down the science aisle to get to it. And I am not kidding, Bonnie, a, a book falls off the shelf in front of me. Wow. And it was called The God Theory by Bernard Haish. He's a mm -hmm. PhD in astrophysics. Uh, and it was talking about how science and spirituality are finally coming together. Mm -hmm. And he used astrophysics, but more quantum physics and and, you know, all the all the infinite possibilities and the, the matrix, right? Right. Um, the universal field and how there's so much information. I went, oh, my God. So all the bells and whistles were going off because, yeah. you know, as an attorney, I, I have to have some credibility. When I got up there and argued my case, I had to have documentation. I had to have qualified experts. I had to have actual facts that I could prove. And so it was hard for me to say, I want to go out and teach this. Yeah. <laughs> Everything was based on woo-woo stuff, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so finding the science behind it was just huge awakening and I, and I loved it. And so that was my next step. And then I, I, um, lived in a neighborhood and had lived there for years and had gone on a walk every day for years. Mm -hmm. And I would, I called it my wonder walk because I said, I'm going to get out in nature. And it had little waterfalls and lakes mm, and beautiful. It was gorgeous, great big trees. And I would get out my front door and within, you know, half a block, what am I doing? I'm worrying, right? Uh, I, I'm, you know, what do I, what am I have to do today? What cases do I have? How am I going to argue that? How's the other side going to counter that? Uh, I get mad at the other side for arguing. <laughs> and so, you know, like right. 25 minutes later, I come back and I don't remember any of the beautiful nature. My, uh, I have, my brain has been this monkey mind. And so yeah. when I, after I read the power of now, and I started trying to stay in the present moment, I went on this walk and ran into a, a lady. Okay. She had lived three blocks from me for years. Mm -hmm. She was a client that I had had what 14 years prior to that. Uh, and she was one of the clients I remembered and I loved and so much integrity. And I just run into her. She's lived there forever. I've lived there forever. I've walked, she's walked, but mm -hmm. I never looked up. Right. Oh, I never paid attention yeah. to the now. Mm -hmm. And I, we became fast friends and she turned me on to Mike Dooley's notes for the universe, which if you people at home haven't done it, you can get on tut.com and sign up for notes in the universe. Every day you get an email that says, Bonnie, today's your day. You know, everything's going your way. The universe loves you. So every day you okay. get a very personal email from them. So I signed up and within a month I get an email from 
Mike Dooley's team that says he wants to train people to teach his workshop because mm. I had said like literally a week before that I want to teach this stuff and I don't even know how to do it because one book teaches this concept and one book <clears throat> teaches this concept and I want to put them all together. Right. And guys, once you put that out to the universe, you know, the universe has your back. Literally, literally. Yeah. Okay. Right. Literally. And so I get an email that says that they want to um, put on a workshop so you can come and be trained and you can go home and teach your own workshops mm. on the law of attraction and infinite possibilities which was Mike's um, number one bestseller, New York Times bestselling. It's called Infinite Possibilities. I've got it right here somewhere. I think I've heard of that one. I haven't read it yet though. Oh, it's very good. And it, and it, and I don't want to say it's simple as, but, but it's good primer. It's a good one to read if you're just getting going. Cause it's a, so I signed up and I went to Orlando, totally out of my comfort zone, not something I've ever mm. done. Um, was one of the, probably there were 80 or 90 people that were there. Um, and so you were supposed to go home and you were supposed to teach to six people. And what they said was go find a homeless shelter or go talk to a prison or, you know, find somebody that really needs it. But I am, okay. I am a type A personality (laughs) in case you haven't figured that out. I'm a recovering type A, I like to say. And I am too. I'm trying to recover. I'm a surrendering type A personality. (laughs) I agree with you, Bonnie. But so, um, so I said, well, (laughs) Hell with that. I'm not going to go find a homeless shelter. So I called some friends and had six people in my living room within 48 hours. Nice. And so I taught it. And I was, so I was the very first, uh, a trailblazer they ever had. I was their very first certified wow. uh, trainer that they ever had. And then Mike and I became really good friends. I have presented at his infinite possibility workshops. I was a keynote speaker <laughs> on one of them. Sure. Loved it, loved it, loved it. But I just, so I knew this is what I wanted to do. So that was back in like 2011. So heck, this has been what a 10 year journey. Yeah. And it doesn't have to take that long, you guys. Right, 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 exactly. If you find somebody that's already been down that, that, that trail, it is invaluable to help have them help you be a tour guide. So I decided I wanted to teach this to businesses, corporations. I wanted to take this message in with some kind of credibility and mm-hmm. not that not that mike's wasn't credible but it was rainbows and unicorns right, right. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with rainbows and unicorns no we it's love just, them i love it and when we get when we understand it it's really true right. but i wanted something that i could had some some uh testimonies and sure and some documentation and some credibility so I, I was going to try to put my own program together and, you know, once again, me trying to do it with my right. five senses and my reality yep. and it wasn't working. And I wake up one Friday morning. And so, you know, this is back when you're not on Facebook hundred percent of your day, mm-hmm. but I just happened to open it. A friend of mine, like Bob Proctor, I said, I remember him. He was in the secret. So Mike Dooley was in the secret. Bob Proctor was in the secret. And I said, oh, he was in the secret. And, and I hit that. So it doesn't just go to a Bob Proctor Facebook page. And it doesn't just go to like his main web page. It goes directly to a page about becoming a consultant for him, uh-huh. which I went, wow, that's what I want to do. And I hit it and it calls him. And okay, so within 12 hours, I had signed up to be a consultant, tens of thousands of dollars to wow. become a consultant. Oh my. But you know, I didn't even blink. Now my husband blinked <laughs> my yeah, husband's eyes amazing. blinking 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 but I didn't blink that. And, and so that was in 2013 I became one of his top consultants in his inner circle mm. friends love him love him love him taught it to small businesses entrepreneurs here in Wichita but you know here here's the deal we're either growing and expanding or we're contracting yes we're never static and so we're always growing we're getting we have to get bigger than where we are and i knew i wanted to teach something more than bob's corporate program i wanted to, to have a lot more depth like relationships right and spirituality mm-hmm. uh time money everything more more depth to it so uh started putting started re- writing a book starting putting together a program so I just, I love this story. I want to share this story. This is, yeah, please. And this is, I'm being vulnerable to everybody out there. So just, we love that. that. We okay. love that. All right. So I, I've been practicing law. I had tried to sell my practice. So I'm an individual practitioner. I had nothing to sell except my name. Right. I didn't, mm-hmm. I, I was really good at, at, at getting my accounts receivable. 
So I didn't have anything. I had a computer and, you know, I had some files in my name and I was trying for like two years to get somebody to come over and start officing with me and uh -huh. then start taking over my practice and then get, get a couple of thousand dollars, you know, a month for a couple months and or a couple years. And just so I could transition to something else. And sure. I would have it planned and I would have these things with these couple of people that I liked and then it would just fall flat. And I just go, uh -huh. oh, and, I, and then I would try again. I would try to use you know, my logical facts in my disposal to figure out how to, to solve this. And I was burned out. I, you know, you get to a point that, you know, I can't go into court one more time. I have to battle, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's selling my soul. Yeah. Not that I'm not good and not that I won't show up hundred percent, but there's something in me that says you just can't do it anymore. So like in October of 2017, I literally one day, this is how I learned the word surrender, right? I yeah. one day just said, okay, God, I, I'm done. I can't figure out how to do this. I don't know how to. So I was a hundred pounds overweight. Mm. I was and it, when, when you think about it, right? It's a metaphor of carrying the weight of the world, right? Oh, yes. I'm carrying other people's problems. I'm carrying around stuff I don't want. I mean, yeah. it was like walking through mud. So mm -hmm. I, I needed to lose weight. I wanted to sell my business so I could transfer, you know, transform into teaching this. Uh, I needed to get my, I wanted to get my book published. Every time I'd send it in, the publisher was telling me stuff was wrong. And so in October of 2017, I just said, okay, I give up. You know, you, you tell me what to do. God. Right. You surrendered. I know, which is kind of what we should do. <laughs> right. So, all I did was, I don't know if you know who Abraham Hicks is. Oh yeah, sure. Okay. Absolutely. So I had found her not too far before that. And I just said, I'm just going to try to get happy. So I listened to Abraham Hicks all day, every day. I listened to beautiful music. I just watched funny things on TV. I went on walks. I didn't even worry about it. I just said, all I'm going to do is get in a better frequency. I'm not mm. even sure I use that, but my energy is going to be better, right? I'm going to reach for joy and gratitude, and I'm not going to try to figure out how to do this. Nice. And so those were my, were my three things. Sell my business, get my book published, lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do it. I have tried medically supervised weight loss programs, didn't lose a thing, you know, tried to sell my business. So um, long story short, ran into someone that was um, literally probably 200 pounds overweight. She tells me she's going to have weight loss surgery. Hmm. And I, of course, immediately am judgmental and say, mm -hmm. oh my God, don't do that. That's not something you should do. Right. It's unhealthy. And she said, being a hundred pounds overweight is also unhealthy. Yes, true that. That's very true. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So I said, okay, I'm just going to do it one step at a time. You know, Martin Luther King says, you don't have to see the whole staircase. You just have to see that next step. Mm. So I said, okay, I'm just going to start some information gathering, right? So I called to see if my insurance company would pay for it. Well, they didn't pay for it, but I was turning 65 in two weeks and mm. Medicare paid hundred percent. Ooh, right? very nice. Well, yeah. so I said, okay, there's my first, there's my first thing. Yes. So then the second thing is you had to get some, some testing done, some physical testing done to make sure that you were a candidate. Well, as I got the physical testing done, they found two things that were extremely dangerous that needed to be corrected that I would never have found hmm. if I hadn't had this testing done. Wow. And he, he said, you could have died from these things, oh right? They needed to turn them around. So getting the testing done to see if the weight loss surgery was okay for me, literally probably saved my life. Hmm. And then the third thing is you have to get a psychological evaluation before you have weight loss surgery because it's forever, right? Sure. I don't want people that are obsessed that because I mean, this is, you don't turn this thing around. They're turning back, do, right. Yeah, you do not, you cannot turn this ship, you know, in the water. And stuff. <laughs> right. Okay, as a divorce attorney, I knew every psychologist in town because they were my witnesses, right? Yeah. For, for custody battles. Yeah. And I did not want to go to one that I knew because, you know, I'm the, I, I'm a... <laughs> I'm a you're, whole different level. When you're the, the strong attorney, attorney right? Right. Uh -huh. As opposed to coming in and being vulnerable, right? Once again, surrendering to a bigger picture. And so I had to find somebody that I didn't know. It had to be in a building that there were no other attorneys so that I would never run into them. Right. And, and so I, I find this person I've never heard of in my life in a building I've never been to. I make sure there's no other attorneys at that, that building. I make it for a Friday <laughs> afternoon at four, right? Mm -hmm walk in and run into this attorney. Oh my gosh. And I said, Brad, so what the hell are you doing here? And he goes, funny thing, Paula, I just moved in. I said, what do you mean? Uh, you just moved in? 
you're supposed to be over in such and such. And he said, it's the weirdest thing. He said, I got a call out of the blue about a month ago. This firm wants to come in town. They doubled my money. They want me to start this law firm as quickly as I possibly can and get as many, as many clients as I possibly can. And I just moved in oh and you gosh. would have missed me two minutes from now. Right. Okay. I never ran into Brad at the courthouse very rarely, maybe twice a year. I would have missed him. Right. Mm. So I say to him, my, my, my little voice is going crazy. Yeah. And I just said, who's your upline? Who, who, who's, who's your boss? And I called his boss and I said, I want to sell you my business. And they said, we don't do that. And I said, who's your president? Mm. <laughs> so I called the president. Not taking no. Oh, I don't take no. <laughs> no. So I call the president and I say, I've got this. I make this much money. I have third generation people calling me. And they said, we're going to pay you. I can't even tell you how much money, a boatload of money for your business up amazing. front. I mean, amazing. Wow. I could never have figured out. I could never have said it was worth that much money uh, within six weeks. Right. So then within a day of that, I get a call. The publisher has accepted stuff. All my book has gone through. So my book has been published. So I have since lost over 100 pounds. I sold my business. Wow. My book is published. It's, it's a bestseller on Amazon. Wow. Uh, I started my own program, right? And so I have it. And then, so within two months of that, I get a call. So my book comes out. Um, the law of attraction radio network, somebody there saw it. They call me and ask me to interview me. So they interview me within 60 days of that. I get a call that says, uh, you, you were such a hit on the radio show. We want to offer you your own show. Wow. Now, I would have never, ever said, let's do this. And then this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. But when I surrendered and just said, you hire self, you got right. You take it. I'm going to be, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to take a step and I'm going to take another step. Right. And, but, but that, that, that universe, that energy, that source is, is, is the one that kind of guides us and everything yeah. is inside of us. So that's what I've been doing the last couple of years. I have my podcast, I have my book, and then I also uh, teach my own program. And um, so that's cool. how I found you. I'm so thrilled I found you. Yes, me too. Uh, me too. Uh, I found Ashley Goner. I mean, she found me and then we found each other. So that's my story. The last 20 years of not paying attention to that still small voice and it physically knocking me to my knees, right? Yes. Boy, do I relate I to that. Yeah. Psychology, doctors will tell you that 90% of all of our physical problems is stress. Yep. You know, pregnancy and accidents are not stress and pregnancy could actually be stress. Can cause stress. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly. Or it could but... be caused by stress. I don't know, but, <laughs> but if we could learn to control this and I know you've got the story on how you just really took control of your physical mm -hmm. body and, mm -hmm. and started healing it. And, and I think that is such a good lesson for everybody out there that um, you don't have to let it get so bad that you're having panic attacks or like right. Bonnie was, was almost, you know, totally disabled, disabled, <laughs> right. The word. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was disabled and, and, you know, it's funny, you know, you talk about following the, following the breadcrumbs, all these things. And like, you know, we, for so long, we can just turn our, you know, close our eyes and stick our fingers in our ears and say, yes. la, 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 you know, I'm not, paying, I'm not going to pay attention to any of this crazy stuff going on in my life. And, you know, and, you know, I, I would sit in my office and I'd look out the window and I'd be like, oh, what am I doing here? Why, you know, uh -huh. this is this, there's something more, there's something more meaningful. This, this isn't meaningful to me. Like everybody thinks what they're doing here is so important, but it just seems like there's other things in the world that, that are more meaningful, more important. And, you know, and I kind of, you know, I, I, shut out that voice for so long that I, I had to get forced out of the workplace because I was too sick to work. But then, you know, but then once I started opening my mind and my, and my eyes to some of these, these things and, you know, meditating every day and, um, you know, and really following, following a lot of the, you know, some of, some of the speakers that you spoke of, a lot of the spiritual teachers and motivational speakers. And then, you know, through that, I met somebody that then guided me to, to start this podcasting journey, which then led me to somebody that had healed themselves. And then I follow that person and, and now I'm healing. And it's like, you know, just all these, these little, these little signs that if we, you know, if we just ignore them and go about our business and, you know, do what everybody tells us, what, what the universe tells us or not the universe, but what 
society, society tells us. Right. Yeah, society kind of guides us. Oh, this is what you should be doing because this is, you know, this is the kind of respectful, you know, and this is the the way to make money and this gives you significance. And I think we get so caught up in that trap of like just doing what society gives approval for. Well, and it's based on fear, right? We're fearful yeah. of doing something outside of the norm. We're fearful that if we don't follow in lockstep, that we're not going to be successful because the definition of successful is the outside people determine what they determine successful. But it's fear. Fear stops us from that first step. And I'm not telling people to go jump off a cliff and hope they grow wings. Fear is that one step, take one step closer to your dream, right? Because sooner or later, it's your body's going to knock you on your butt like it did me, like it yeah. did Bonnie, because fear is what stops us from going after that next step up because on the other side of fear is freedom. Mm -hmm. And that's what we all want. But we got to be brave enough to say I'm taking that one step. So I love the hero's journey, the Joseph Campbell, mm -hmm. the monomyth, which basically he says in every culture and every time frame, everybody has the same story as far as what a hero is. And a hero is somebody that starts out in their hometown, you know, and, and like the Wizard of Oz, I'm from Kansas, so that's always a good metaphor. <laughs> right. You start out in Kansas, you start out on this little farm, you've never been any farther, right? So that's where we all, all start out. And sooner or later, we hear a call to action. We know there's something more. Bonnie knew there was something more than being in finances. I knew there was something more than being a divorce attorney. There's a call to action. And when we answer that call, and so many times we don't, and we, we stuck, we're stuck on the farm, we're, you know, we're stuck in the Shire, if you're a hobbit, we're stuck under the stairs, if you're a Harry Potter, every single movie you've ever seen follows this plot. So we, we're, we're starting out at home, and we're comfortable, and we're doing the same thing we've always done, but we're comfortable, and we don't ever want to leave, and we hear a call to action. And if we take that call to action, we go farther than we've ever gone. There, there's a place in uh, the Lord of the Rings where they go, they're leaving the Shire and they say, one more step. And this is the farthest we've ever been. We've never been outside the Shire. So we have to take one more step out of our comfort zone a little bit farther, right? Yes. What is it you truly want? You want to go back to school? Do you want to move? Do you want to travel? What do you want? And you take that one step and you're farther away from home than you've ever been. And that's all we're asking you to do is take that one step outside of your comfort zone. And then I'll guarantee you the universe shows you the next step and the next step. And on this hero's journey, uh, you, what you always find is you always find a tribe of like-minded people, you know, like Dorothy found this tin man and the scarecrow and the lion. <laughs> right. You know, um, you know, in in the, the the Hobbit, his friends with them. Every you always find a tribe of people that will help you, and then the next thing you always find on this hero's journey is you always find a mentor. You know, you find a wizard, you find Gandalf, you find the the nice witch of the East, whatever. <laughs> right. You find a mentor. You find the Wizard of Oz. You find somebody that helps you is going to give you. Um, the direction, right? And that's what you and I are here for. We're here to be mentors. We're here to hold hands. We're here to help you uh, get through the, the, the difficult times. And then no matter what, we always, there's something happens. We come upon dragons. You know, one of the things Joseph Campbell says is the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. We are afraid to go in that cave and that's where we need to go, right? right? We need to, we need to conquer our fear and just take those steps, find a like-minded tribe, find a mentor and just keep on that whole thing. And then sooner or later, we slay the dragon. We learn a lesson. We come home to the farmhouse, to the shire. We come home, we get to rest. We teach what, yes. what you and I are doing. We teach and then we take a big deep breath and we go out again. You know, we never get it done and we never get it wrong because we're always moving. Always you know, we're either expanding growing. or we're contracting. Mm -hmm. And that's why, that's why I look at what you did. You just started a podcast and then you got healthier and now you're reaching more people. You know, I'm teaching more, I'm reaching more, I'm doing more. So we are always growing. We never get, we, we're never going to get back to the farmhouse and go, phew, we're done. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I know I could do that. Now, what am I going to do? And you're braver because you have confidence. Self-esteem is everything. If we don't think mm. we can do it, we don't even try. That's right. 
That's right. And we don't, we don't know that we can do it unless we try, unless we'd, like you said, take that first step. And then it, it like feeds upon itself because you're, you know, you have a little taste of success and then you're like, Oh, that felt good. Let's do more. Let's try more. And yeah. And I love that you said that felt good, right? Because mm -hmm. our emotions are as energy in motion. Mm -hmm. So our emotions are just a frequency that our body is in. So our thoughts elicit a feeling, a feeling is a frequency that our body is in and we recognize that frequency we've given it a name right so when you're angry you know it your whole body is angry it's not just like your little finger is angry your whole body's angry it's a lower frequency it's a lower vibration yeah. and you when we understand our feelings and we don't fight them we don't beat ourselves up because we're angry or we're depressed we acknowledge them that we know that that's a vibration that we're in but we decide that our thoughts can produce a new vibration. And I love mm -hmm. that, that you felt right. Because that's what we're doing all day long is we're feeling our way through. And normally what happens is we're on autopilot 95% of our day. So 5% right. of our day, our conscious mind is in control. That is our intellectual mind that we can kind of make decisions, but 95% of the day, our subconscious mind is in control. That's our conditioned mind. That's what we've been conditioned since zero to six years old. And we don't even know that we're being controlled and we're being controlled by ourselves because right. it's a paradigm. It's a set of conditioning, but we, we are in feelings all day long. We don't even acknowledge that we are, we're, we're depressed. We're sad. We feel like we have no power, powerless, right? We don't mm -hmm. even know it, right. but that feeling gets the law of attraction says, whatever we put out, that's what we're going to get back. And that feeling actually just attracts more of the feeling. And so when we learn mm -hmm. to control our thoughts, which produces an energy of vibration, it's literally like tuning a radio station, right? If 96.8, which is I'm feeling sorry for myself, you cannot get 104.7, which is I'm enjoying gratitude. So mm -hmm. when we learn that we can control our feelings and what we put out to the universe is what we're going to get back. It's a magical switch, right? Oh, yeah. That. And that's a hard thing. And you know, I'm sure you look back on when when you were your the most ill that you were, and you think about where you were mentally, right? Oh, terrible. So you depressed. Think, okay. And here's the deal. You think you're you're depressed because you're sick. But you're sick because you're depressed, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's this it's all it's, connected. Yeah, it's a cycle, right? Which comes first the chicken or the egg? But when you realize, and, and I'm sure you realize this, that that's where the healing started, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think once, you know, yeah, once I, I realized that I was not living, I think it's so important to live in alignment as something kind of like I'm really realizing yeah. that, yes. you know, I think when I was living so out of alignment with what my soul's purpose was and, you know, sitting in an office all day, that it just made me miserable, you know, I mean. I was good at it, but like, but it didn't, it didn't fulfill me. It didn't give me what I needed inside. I mean, I, I would look out the window and think, gosh, I, I want to be out there. I want to be doing stuff. I want to be like, so, let me ask you this. Did that start before you started getting ill? I, I had, I had issues from the time I was a child with, you know, chronic illness. I, I had a genetic condition that I was diagnosed with, but I really, you know, I really believe in the power of epigenetics too. I, have, I think we have the oh, ability yes. to turn on and off certain switches in our bodies. I bet you yeah. love Bruce Lipton. Yeah. 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 I mean, I all, all of it. I, I, I eat it up. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I do him and Dr. Joe Dispenza and then Greg oh, Braden. Oh my God. The best. The best. They're, they're my three favorite people. So yeah, Joe yeah. Dispenza is my hero. <laughs> yeah. Epigenetics. And I, I, your people may understand, but explain it real quick. Yeah, I mean, so epigenetics, really, it's like, we're, we're all born with a certain set of genes, but really how we live our lives and the environment that we're in really determines whether or not those genes are turned on or off. So, you know, in my in my case, yes, I was born with um, genes for Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is a connective tissue disorder. I think most of my audience knows about it, but it essentially it affects every system in the body. So I had a propensity to have a lot of a lot of challenges with you know chronic pain and digestion and I, a whole slew of other things you know heart rate issues and and blood pressure issues and all kinds of stuff. But I believe that because of my circumstance and you know how I, I went about my life. I mean, I was I was very bullied as a child. I had low self esteem. I was extremely shy. 
Um, you know, then I went on to, you know, as I was older, marry a man that wasn't supportive of me and was abusive. And, you know, just like, it was like one thing after another, after another, after another, and just working. And that's the energy you were in. I was in, I was in that energy. And And that's the only thing we could get back, right? Right. People don't get it. And it's not your fault because we've been conditioned that way. But when you understand this magical switch that you felt less of yourself because you were bullied. So what do you do? You attract someone in your life that feels... Like Less of you. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what you did. You grew up to a different thing. And I, I just want to go back a little bit. Like you said that our environment controls our cells and our DNA. Mm-hmm. And normally we think our cells and our DNA are there from birth and they just kind of do whatever they want to. It's not the environment outside of us that's controlling our cells or our DNA. It's the energy that they're living in. It's the environment outside the cells that are controlling it, which is our body which is our energy, which is our frequency, which is our, what we decide that we're going to feel. And it's amazing. I'm sure you've seen these where they take two cells and they split them. And one of them are, or, oh, I love this. The, the, the two plants, right. Mm -hmm. That you're yelling at one. I hate you. And the other one is I love you. And your energy makes them grow or makes them wither. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that water experiment? The wa- I was just going to say the water experiment. I yes. Love yes. That. As far as our energy affects the, the, uh, the water and we're made up 70% of water. So of course our emotions, our energy is going to affect our own body. And so when we Absolutely. say the environment controls our cells, I'm not talking about the pollution out there, which right. I know that that does to some degree. Sure. I'm talking about what our cells live in every second of every day, which is our body, which is the liquids in our body, which is the vibration on our body. And when we understand that and how that can heal us, the responsibility is daunting, but it's also very freeing, mm, right? Yes, that, so much. That we, we have got that. And it, it's a hard thing for some people to, to take, right? Not that we don't need help from outside people or additional holistic or even medicines, right? I'm assuming that you think whatever we can use in our environment, whatever Mm -hmm. we can use in our bodies to make it better is what we need to be using. Sure, sure. But no, but I agree that, you know, I mean, it it gives you your power back. It's it's very empowering to know that we have the ability to, you know, set certain intentions about how we're going to feel how we're going to live, how, you know, the, the energies that we're going to let into our environment, the people, you know, meaning the people and the, you know, just every, everything, all of it just affects who we are and how, how we feel. And when we take ourselves out of, you know, toxic, unhealthy environments, the, the change that it makes to our physical health is monumental. So and I, I love found. the word intention. You just the word, use the word intention. Mm-hmm. When we understand that we can have an intention to do something different, then we start, once we make a decision we can start seeing different opportunities. But if we don't even have the intention that we're going to go down that healthy path, we don't have the intention that we're going to sell our business or we're going to start a new business or we're going to do something different with our lives. Once we have that intention, I love that word, then we can start saying, okay, here's it. I'm going to make this decision to go this way. I'm going to take one step this way. And then the universe is going to open up all these opportunities that we never knew when we try, we try so hard to control what's going on in our environment by, by the facts that we have our, on our disposal. And I love Groundhog Day, right? I love the movie Groundhog Day as uh-huh. far as a metaphor that, you know, Bill Murray's in the same day every day. And, you know, I get tired of watching it because you're going, oh, my <laughs> God, <laughs> but it's our days, right? It's ex- it's True. exactly what we do. The same thing. We wake up, we see the same people, we say the same things, we go the same place, we do the mm-hmm. same thing, we have the same energy. It is a metaphor of our days. And so we think we're in a limited environment, especially now, if you can't go very many places, you think you're in a limited environment. And, you know, Bill Murray was in a limited environment. He couldn't get out of the little town. He had the same people. He had to do the same job. But when he decided he was going to change him, right, he was going to use the time that he had allotted. He was going to take piano lessons. He's going to take French lessons. He was going to read French literature. He's going to help people. He, he was going to change, right? It doesn't matter in what environment you are. When you decide you're going to change, everything around you changes. It becomes pretty miraculous. I'm sure you've seen that. I have, I have lived it. I have absolutely lived lived it. it. I I have completely lived it. And, and you're right. You know, you talk about your, your tribe and, and, you know, starting to attract certain people into your life. And I, 
you know, there was a time where, you know, you attract what you are. And, and, you know, and I, I look back now at friends that I've had for many, many years. And so many of them, I've just kind of like let kind of slip away because it's not, the frequency, frequency is very different. The frequency yeah, is right. very, and it's, you know, and it's funny because a lot of people think, you know, at, you know, when, when you're a little older in life that it's hard to make friendships, I've actually found it really easy because, you know, this frequency that I'm in and I'm attracting yes. these amazing people into my lives that some of them I, I haven't even met in real life, but I've met them over the internet and we've, uh-huh. you know, communicated via Zoom and, and other, you know, electronic means. And I feel closer with them than I do, you know, these people that, that have been in my life forever because, because we're on that same frequency. And, right, and the right. more that I elevate my frequency, the more I'm attracting so easily these people and these circumstances into my life. And, and, and that we're not being snotty and we're not choosing to no, cut people right. out of our lives. We just vibrate out of it. it it's very mm-hmm. natural. It's very kind. It's very loving. We're not being mean, but we, you know, we find other people we have more things in common with, and we just kind of vibrate into another level and we wish everyone well. Yes. And I still have a lot. I still have love for those people. Don't, don't mistake me. I still have a lot of love in my heart for, for all of those people, but I just, you know, it's just, it's a different, it's, we're on two different planes now. It's kind of like, we're, you know, we're playing two in two different fields. So yeah. And their field is fine. But you know, when we, when we, I was there and when we're growing, right it's the law of gestation that thing, things take a certain amount of time to grow and we're not, we're wishing everyone well on, yes. on their growth. And some of us have growth spurts, right? And some of us grow mm-hmm. to the next level. So uh, finding a tribe that you, you feel comfortable with now and that's going to grow with you is so important. So important. That. Yeah. So, so important. So Paula, can you talk about, you know, for my audience specifically, you know, you know, we're dealing with, um, largely a uh, chronic illness community or people that are trying to heal from various ailments um, using the law of attraction and what, you know, how, what suggestions can you make to people to kind of step into a better place of wellness? Into- well, that is really a great question. So here's one of the things most people try to do. They try to figure out what's wrong with them, right? They try to get diagnoses. They try to figure out the problem. Well, Einstein says you can't solve the problem in the same thinking you use to create it. Mm. So I acknowledge that there are problems. I acknowledge that there are illnesses, but what we're going to use is the law of polarity, which is one of the natural laws of the universe. So the law of attraction is actually a secondary law. The law of vibration is the primary law. It says everything in the universe vibrates. There's everything is vibrating at a certain frequency. The amazing thing is we as humans, because we have a consciousness, we can decide what we're going to vibrate on. We can decide, are we going to be sad? Are we going to be desperate? Are we going to be in despair? Are we going to be in gratitude? Are we going to find something to make us feel a little bit better? So the law of vibration says, whatever we're vibrating on, that's what we're going to attract. The law of attraction says, whatever frequency we're on, we're attracting more of that frequency. Well, the law of duality, the law of polarity says, let's use this, right? Whatever frequency we're on, we're going to figure out what the exact opposite is. So what I tell people is get a piece of paper and write down everything you don't want, right? I don't want chronic fatigue syndrome. I don't want fibromyalgia. I don't want mononucleosis. I don't want these things, right? What is the exact opposite? Because when we put our attention to what we have, what we're diagnosed with, we're going to get more of it. Yes. That doesn't mean it's not there. It means right. you're, you're playing in that frequency. So write down everything you don't want. I, I don't want to be poor, right? I don't uh, you write down everything on the left-hand side, what you don't want or where you are right now. On the right-hand side, you're going to do the exact opposite. So the exact opposite of being ill is totally healthy. Don't say I can't get there, right? The exact opposite of poor is being extremely abundantly wealthy. So on the right-hand side, write down everything that you do want. We're going to put all of our attention on everything that you do want. We want to be healthy. We want to have friends. We want to go outside. We want to move. We want energy. Because when we do that, we're going to start saying, what does healthy feel like? It feels free. It feels, I'm grateful that I can do this. You want to start trying to find the emotions that that right-hand side you feel because the universe does not hear what we say. The universe hears what we feel. Mm -hmm. Greg Braden says, the feeling is the prayer. 
Mm. Your words to God in the universe is not the prayer. You're feeling what you're feeling is a prayer. If you can start feeling healthy in right. a moment, if you can start feeling grateful for what you have, if you can start feeling abundant, if you can start feeling free or joy, and I'm talking one breath in and one breath out. And then the next day, two breaths in and two breaths out. The universe listens to what you're feeling and gives you more of that. Mm -hmm. This works every time. This works with everybody. It is like the law of gravity, but the majority of us are using it not to our advantage, but I am sick, but I do hurt. Okay. You're going to get more of that. Now, write down the exact opposite. I feel free. I'm pain-free. How does that feel in one moment and stay there as long as you can? Our subconscious mind does not know the difference between real and imagined emotion. Yeah. And just think of this. When you go to a horror movie, which I never go to. Because oh, I can't stand it. Yeah, oh, I can't too. either. I've hated them all my life. Me I, too. I, I jump out of my skin. Oh, and I take it with me. But when you're yeah. going to a horror movie, you a zombie jumps out at you. Now you're feeling fear. Your subconscious mind does not know if it's a real or imagined fear. Your heart rate goes up. Your adrenaline starts pumping. You get the fight or flight. That's why you like it because your subconscious mind is going, Hey, there's really fear. Now, right. you know, your 5% of your conscious mind knows that it's that we're hoping right now that that zombie is not coming. Exactly. But our subconscious mind does not know it's imagined. So we can use that and imagine these positive things we want to feel. Imagine a little bit at a time and you are going to be amazed because you are amazed because you're amazing. This is really how you have been on your journey, right? It works. So the law of attraction says, let us, we're not going to go into therapy for 30 years to figure out why we're feeling this way, right? right. We're going to write down why, what we want to feel and we're going to pay attention to that and reach for the feelings that that makes me feel. And you'll be amazed at the change and how quickly the change comes. The feeling has to come before the manifestation. Mm -hmm. And we think we have to see it first before we feel it. And if we could only understand it's the other way around, we have to feel it first and then we start seeing it. Yeah. And I, I, I can just throw in a little quick example of, of me manifesting and, and using this law. So I, you know, I had, I had my hip replaced a little over a year ago. And at that time they told me that in another year I would need my second hip replaced. So I started, you know, I started doing the meditation and I started, you know, doing visualizations of what I wanted and what it would feel like. So I would visualize myself climbing a mountain and, you know, feeling healthy and strong and vibrant and, you know, having no problem catching my breath and, you know, feeling no pain. And I, I gosh, I want to say maybe four or five months ago, I got out there on the mountain and I started oh. and, and I did it. And, and now, and you know, at first it was, at first it was a little challenging, but it got, you know, it got easier and about, oh, I don't know, about five, six weeks ago, I was hiking with my fiance, David, and we're on the mountain. And I just, you know, I remembered back in healthier times, I was never a big runner because, you know, my joints just didn't like that very much, but I, I know, didn't I, like it very much. My, I don't know about my joints, my joints complain, but, but, you know, but I would occasionally, I'd like pick up some steam and I'd be headed down the mountain and I would start running a little bit. Well, I, I just like, I was walking and I was feeling really good and feeling energized and vibrant and all the things that I had visualized in my mind. And I just said, you know, I, I really, I feel like I want to run. I just want to feel free and just break out of this, like, feeling of being told this is, you know, this is what you can and can't do. And you're going to need another hip replacement and you shouldn't be running. And, and I just, I just did it. And I just started running and my fiance got out the, the phone and he started recording and he said, oh. I've known her for three years and she's never run before. I've never seen her run. And, and I was like, you know, I had my hands up in the air and I was, you know, had you're rocky, rocky music you're playing. Rocky. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, but I, but I, it's all started with that visualization and it wasn't just, seeing it, it was, what does it feel like? What does it feel like yes. when I'm on that mountain and I'm conquering it and I'm feeling healthy again and I'm feeling free and I'm not restricted by what I've been told. And that that's everything. I mean, that it started with that, but then it, it's true. It's real now. I mean, I'm, you know, I hiked five miles this weekend. I hiked seven, seven miles a couple of weeks ago. I mean, oh, it's amazing. And, and I don't, wonderful. my hip feel, the hip they told me I was going to need replaced a couple months ago. Feels Piff. great. Feels Pooey, fine. Yeah. Pooey, yeah. Need that. Forget about it. Visualization. And if you guys can find books on visualization, or almost every probably mentor is going to teach part of it. That's part of the one thing I teach is visualization because 
it is a fun five minutes you can spend every day. Yes. Visualize yourself there. You are actually there. You're feeling it. Remember, your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between real or imagined. Putting yourself in a scenario. I love that. Being on the mountain, smelling the pines, running, feeling it. What, however you can do that, then your subconscious mind. It, this is based in psychology and actually in neuroplasticity, which is mm -hmm. what Dr. Joe teaches. Yes. That when we start changing what we're expecting, our intentions, our subconscious mind starts looking for opportunities that we can take that goes that way. Mm. So uh, although it's based in magic, it's also based in science when we start thinking differently. Right. Love it. I love it. This is I so do too. Ah, inspiring. I love this conversation. I do too. So wait, let me ask this. I know you have on your website, you have this long list of books that you recommend. I know you're a very avid oh. reader. So with my audience in mind, what, what are one or two books that you would recommend they read? Wow. It's like picking your favorite child, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have more than one child, it's like picking your favorite child. Uh, yeah. Um, I love the Neil Donald Walsh's books, um, Conversations with God. They're one, two, and three. They were, they were made in the 90s, and that's a really good one. Infinite Possibilities uh, by Mike Dooley. That was a New York Times bestseller, and that came out probably 10, 11 years ago. It's a great beginning on that whole thing. Uh, I love Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. It, like every paragraph could be a thesis could be like a you know mm -hmm. a doctoral thesis so it's it's not an easy read but it really explains how important it is to stay in the present moment um oh wow i'm looking at all my books your bookshelf <laughs> oh uh my book <laughs> Yes, but of course, tell us about your attraction. book. My book has, it's a great beginning. It kind of goes over all the different natural laws of the universe. Uh, it's, it's, it's easy. It's a quick read. It's on Amazon. It's on Kindle. I would tell you that would probably be a good one to, to look for. And then if you go on my website, lawyeroftraction.com, or it's also under paulakidcasey.com, you look under resources. It'll tell you, I don't know, 120, 150 different books to read. But here's what I think happens. You read one and you like it. And you don't like at the bottom of Amazon. It says, if you like this one, you'll like this one. Right. Your brain does that. It doesn't have to be Amazon because then yeah. it'll lead you to something else. And I quote a whole bunch of books in my book. And so something's going to resonate with you and you're going to want to take it to the next level. So, yay, awesome. I'll just push my book. That's there you go. There you, yeah, go. there you go. We'll put, we'll put it all in the show notes for sure. Okay, great. So another question that I like to ask all of my guests, Paula, is uh, because the name of the show is The Chronically Courageous. So how do you define courage? Oh, wow. So the opposite of courage is not being fearful. It's conformity. The opposite of courage mm. is conformity. You're conforming to what everybody around you thinks you're supposed to do. And courage is being able to find your true self, listen to that still small voice and take one step toward non-conformity of what you want to do. So the definition of courage is finding yourself and having the courage to take that one step on the other side of fear is freedom. Mm. And when you feel that freedom, nothing's going to stop you. And it's one step, you guys, yeah. it's to get up and walk around the block or take a big, deep breath or get on a YouTube channel that makes you feel good, right? Find somebody that makes you feel better and do it a little bit more each day. Mm. So courage is having the uh, the ability to discover who you truly are and take that first step. And you can do it, you guys. There's people out here to hold your hand. Uh, there's tribes that'll help you. Um, and, and we all have that inside of us. We're all at attached to source. Source is there calling us every second of every day. Yeah. And when we can get attached to that, we, the courage comes. That is such a good answer. I just love that. And I, I wish it's something, well, you know, I say I wish it's something I had known a long time ago, but now I really don't because I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be we now. Are. And we're exactly where on we're my journey to be right now. Yeah, yeah, we're exactly where we're supposed to be right now. Yeah. And I thoroughly enjoy being on your show. I really appreciate oh, you. Oh, thank you. I, I have so enjoyed this conversation. It's just mesmerizing and like I'm glued to you. <laughs> I talk a lot. More, more. No, but I love it. I mean, you know, it makes, obviously it makes my job as, you know, an interviewer easier. <laughs> I talk <laughs> but, a lot. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, you, you're, you're saying all the right things. I love what you're, I love what you're bringing <laughs> yeah, to the good. table here. It's great. I think it's good. Great. 
I love hearing it. I know my audience is going to eat it up. So Paula, if we want to find you, where can we find you and what kinds of things are you offering right now? So I'm on every podcast. Um, so if you put in Paula Kidd, K-I-D-D-K-C, you'll find me. You'll find me on lawyerofattraction.com. So the Law of Attraction is the name of my podcast. It's on every podcast. I'm on the radio, the Law of Attraction radio network. So if you find that app, I've got my own show there. Uh, I've got my book on Amazon, which is The Lawyer and the Law of Attraction. And I would appreciate if you get the book or listen to the podcast, leave a review because it really helps get more people involved. And then I've got my website, uh, lawyerofattraction.com, which gives you some options. Also, if you go to law, Paula Kid Casey JD, JD for Juris Doctor, which is what I've got, .com, um, there is a short video and then there's an opportunity to work with me. And those are some ways to reach out to me on email, Paula at PaulaKidCasey.com. Go to Lawyer of Attraction, leave me an email. Uh, on any of the podcasts. And I would love to respond to anybody and see how we could work because I teach classes and I also coach. So I uh, would love to help anybody that's out there that would like to be helped. Thank you so much. I'll make sure I put all that in the show notes. So if people are <laughs> scribbling I, it I down, no, it's fine. It, it'll all be there for everybody. So no worries, no worries. Well, Paula, again, thank you so, so much for sharing all your wisdom with us today. It was really just a great conversation. So inspiring. I'm feeling motivated. I'm going to oh, pick up some more books and start reading some more. And you know, you, you can never, this is a journey. It's you're never, it you're never at the journey. end destination. So right. We're never I, done. And I was very complimented. You reached out to me. So I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to speak. Of course. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you. much. It means the world to me that you took your time and energy to listen to this entire episode of The Chronically Courageous. If you know others that would benefit from listening, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player of choice. I welcome your feedback and questions. So please email me at bonnie at thechronicallycourageous.com. That's B-O-N-N-I at thechronicallycourageous.com. As always, I'm sending you so much love, happiness, and healing.